Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive debate about healthcare business and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of CareCentrics. David, it's that time of year again when we talk Medicare premiums. We've got, I think, close to 40 million people in original fee-for-service Medicare, where the traditional Medicare, and almost 30 million in Medicare Advantage, the managed care version of Medicare. With every all with the cost of life going up, how much are healthcare premiums going up in Medicare? So, John, it's sort of you know axiomatic. We expect every year the premium is going to go up, and last year premiums went. Yeah, just everything, John. In this economy, of course, everything's going up. Last year, the premiums jumped a lot, but not this year. And that is weird because I thought inflation was actually uh, picking up. So let's talk about what's happening and why. But the headline, John, is the premiums are not going up. They're going down. Well, what? How, how can that be, David? You know, so everyone wants to know, like, you know, how much are Medicare premiums going up in 2023? And what's actually happened, the so-called Part B premium, be like baby is going from $170 a month to $164.90, and the deductible is dropping, too, from $233 to $226. Say it ain't so. Are we, we've, have we suddenly tamed healthcare prices? I mean, if, are people listening to all of our wonderful ideas? I mean, this is the only healthcare – I think it's the only healthcare thing other than drugs going generic where I've heard about premiums and costs going down in the so, middle of this massive inflationary environment. Are you telling the truth, David? I'm telling the truth, John. And I'm going to say the word that you always tease me when I say it. Aduhelm. That's the reason. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, John. I'll see if I have my my Kleenex around. So last year, the reason that that the uh, premium went up so much was because this new Biogen drug for Alzheimer's was being introduced. And it was going to be a budget buster, John, like a blockbuster. And the premium actually went up almost 15%. And guess what? Aduhelm is not really being used. And so- the premiums going down. That's the main driver. One drug, John. I'm not sure I'm a buyer of that, but Adulham, just for those who uh, uh, may not have remembered it, was the quasi-approved drug from Biogen that allegedly gave g- helped people with Alzheimer's. And I should note today that Biogen had a, a reported some results about a drug that we should probably talk about it in another podcast, maybe with Dr. Rudy Tansy. Um, Alzheimer's is, is, is increasingly common. Uh, people, the fastest growing part of the population is people over the age of 80. Age-related dementia is a huge burden on society. And if you recall, David, um, Biogen, I believe, was the manufacturer, but the Adulham was a, initially had very mixed results as to whether it helped with Alzheimer's, but given the need, they just decided to price it through the roof. Yeah. So what happened to the Alzheimer's drug, Aduhelm? Well, basically the FDA approved it, but then uh, CMS basically recommended that it not be used or be used in very narrow circumstances. And nobody really wants to prescribe it because it doesn't really work. Now, as you say, John, the need is still there, but in terms of Medicare and the Part B premiums, it's not affected this year. Maybe that other drug will 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 be out there. John, I thought you were going to ask me not about Aduhelm just to embarrass me, but also what is Medicare Part B? I mean, Part B, A, B, C, D. How long D? does it go? Yeah. Well, why don't you why don't you step back and and explain kind of how Medicare works? 
I'm going to see whether you get the details right. I'm just going to sit back and see whether you screw anything up. Oh boy, John, I hope I don't have the I do hell moment. So, you know, Medicare is primarily for people uh, who are over 65 years of old, years of age, but also uh, it's for people with disabilities and those with end stage renal disease. We'll talk about that on a different, uh, different podcast. And there's this Medicare tax, you know, that goes along with your uh, social security tax. And the idea is that's most to fund Medicare. Medicare was originally so-called part A, that was the hospital insurance, but then they added part B later on, part B, uh, is for outpatient services like doctor visits and a f- whole bunch of other things, including uh, some drugs that are prescribed, like infused drugs like Aduhelm on an outpatient basis. Part C is actually Medicare Advantage, we've talked about before. And Part D is the outpatient drug benefit for people who have Part A and Part B, but not Part C, although Part C and, has and, Part C. And while, while, you, while, you, while you boringly navigate through the, the alphabet soup that yeah. is the different parts of Medicare, maybe give some context here. You know, in, in 1964, when Medicare was originally kind of created by the Johnson administration, hospital costs were the crippling costs that people had a really hard time, particularly elderly folks and poor people had a hard time actually affording. And the costs of physician services, what's currently part B Bravo, not part A Alpha, uh, things like doctor visits and um, home health and, 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 and crutches and basically equipment. That, none of that stuff was that expensive. As everything has been more expensive, what the federal government and the, well, the country has done is chosen to cover not just uh, the hospital part, but also the services part. And then part D, David, is the drug benefit because oh. got, honestly, drug costs are increasingly a, a higher and higher percentage of the total costs. And it's, in fact, for commercial plans, drug costs on a per member per month basis are nearly equivalent or greater than the cost of covering insuring hospitalizations. And that's what it's those those extraordinarily expensive drugs and just the the day-to-day expensive drugs where pharma big pharma can jack up the prices monthly, uh, that's really created the need to kind of continuously extend the coverage. But all of that said, is this good news, David, with this this with this with this premium reduction? Sure. I mean, it's good news because for the people that are paying it, you know, they're going to have less coming out of their social security check, which is where the, uh, where the funds come from. So that's a good thing. But John, I hate, I hesitate to say this, but you actually raised a good point about, uh, drug pricing. Uh, yeah, inadvertently perhaps. But, you know, if you say like how much, yeah, I understand why there's like the A, B, C, D. Those make sense. But now we talk about, well, there's drugs in part A, because if you, you get drugs when you're in the hospital, then there's drugs in part B like an infused drug and non-self-administered drug. And then there's drugs in part D as well. And then Medicare Advantage is covering drugs too. So it's actually hard for the government to to even just to look and say like, how much is Medicare spending on drugs? And some of these might be in part A or part B or part D, depending, could be the same drug. And so it's actually kind of hard to keep track of. So I think it works against the ability to control drug spending the way it's set up. I'm I'm not sure where you're going there. Other than the, I mean, why shouldn't you put the drugs where the, where the, I, I, yeah, again, I don't, I don't know where you're doing. I think the government could actually lean in and, and it, as our government, the U.S. government could, like every other country, actually negotiate drug prices for the, I mean, it's, you know, I, I believe that, I mean, I think currently Medicare covers about 20, just under 20% of the population. Um, it's close to, uh, I mean, I think it's the second largest budget item in the federal government. 
Medicare, yeah. just Medicare, 12-ish percent of the total federal government. Um, we take a big chunk of that drugs. We negotiate prices or rate set prices for everything other than drugs. I mean, why shouldn't the federal government? I mean, how yeah. do you defend your position that they can't negotiate drug prices, David? John, like, I, was try- I was Step trying. I was trying. I was trying to give you some, you know, kudos for uh, raising a point. It turns out you weren't raising it. I don't even understand what the heck I'm talking about. But I'll uh, be that as it may. The uh, the government hasn't negotiated. Um, they haven't negotiated prices on uh, Medicare Part D. It was part of the original Part D not to even allow it. Now, the Inflation Reduction Act that was just passed actually does say that starting in 2026, Medicare can start to negotiate uh, the price of 10 drugs, which goes up to 15 the next 15 new ones the next year and 20. Uh, the year after that, those are drugs that have been on the market for a long time that don't have any um, they don't have any generic equivalent or biosimilar. So it actually, rather than me defending my indefensible position, as you would put it, say that actually Congress managed to pass something that that fits what you keep jawboning about, which is these drugs that aren't that innovative, that have been on the market for a long time and have no competition. So I think they did the right thing, John. Someone was listening to you, even if it wasn't me. Well, I think that the what's really interesting about that is if you think about one drug potentially taking a remember there's a four I don't think it was fifteen percent, I think it was a fourteen and a half percent increase in premium last year at a time when costs were flatter going down. Pretty dramatic. Yeah. The fact that you could go up and go down uh pretty significantly in, in terms of premiums. What was the dollar differences in the premiums, David? So, I mean, the premiums went, it's a, it's a monthly premium and it's now going to be uh, $165 a month for next year. And it was 170 for this year. So, so, so that matters to people on a fixed sure income does. that one drug could make that much of a difference tells you how important the decision to start to negotiate even a little bit of this could mean in terms of resetting the relationship between big pharma and and the federal government. I mean, the reality is they are walking a tightrope because we want to keep inventing great drugs that help people, but we just can't beggar the government. I mean, uh, I think, they're, John, they're, uh, the, the negotiating no. ten negotiating ten drugs in 2026 is not walking a tightrope, John. That's like that's like the flying Walendas are like they're climbing up there on like stair five, like waving off to people. Hello, we're thinking of getting ready for the show. You might want to get your popcorn and get back to your seat. It's not going to be much of a show. And then when they do get up on the David, tightrope, we've been on the, we haven't even bothered. We haven't even bothered to go up the ladder. I mean, this is a big win for for people. I I think you are you are uh, you you your your Walenda insult will not stand. And by well, the we way, keep, I don't even yeah. know what that that reference is like from the fifties. And you're not that old, buddy, John. So. Let's talk about it. We've thrown a lot of numbers around, a lot of dollar numbers, and we're talking about premiums. And, you know, there's I, like, how is Medicare financed, really? Because, you know, there's supposed to be like a trust fund. It's coming out of my paycheck. But somehow, I mean, does it all add up? Like, what do you mean the government spending? I, I paid for well, it. There are, when three, I'm there, are, there are three or four ways that the, 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 the federal government pays for Medicare. There's the payroll tax that you're paying, that everybody pays. And I think that's about, you know, roughly 53%. That's, uh, that's funding, uh, the annual costs. You've got two trust funds, um, that are, that are, that are the, it's not just one Medicare trust fund. And then there's, then there's the incremental premiums and the, the amount that people pay in, um, as part of, you know, cause it's not, it's not a, uh, get covered and no pay kind of thing. There are the premiums that you refer to. Um, it is also tiered a little bit to tag, 
or or increase the prices or the or the or the cost sharing, if you will, for those over about ninety thousand dollars a year in income. And then there's some incremental people pieces and bits, but only fifty three percent of the the annual costs are actually paid through payroll taxes. So we actually have to pay a lot of attention to how it is funded. That may be a better topic for another session, just because yeah. it's kind of complicated. But what makes it what makes it more relevant to the current consumer and citizen is we've got 10,000 people turning Medicare eligible every month. This is, sorry, every day. We've, we're in the midst of the baby boomers, this big bulge in the population bracket that are the babies from the, from the 50s and 60s turning 65. And so you've got sort of an extraordinary acceleration of people who are eligible for Medicare. And you also have an increasing lifespan. So a lot, again, which increased the Not last year. part of the populations over 85. You know, obviously the public health emergency in COVID put a big, took a real bite out of the, out of, out of the vulnerable elderly, but you're still going to see Medicare as a percentage of the total dollars. And frankly, of the total payments is going to continue to increase for, for at least the next five or 10 years. John, there's one other point that, uh, you know, I know we're talking about mostly about the Part B premiums, but there's another element about drug costs, and it's not 2026, and it's not just a few drugs. It's one particular one, which you've also talked about a lot, which is insulin. And as part of the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, we have a cap on insulin for people in uh, traditional $35 a month, right, which is which a is win. affordable. A win. I guess you're going to you're gonna- – criticize that one too, I guess. <laughs> John, you're so touchy today. So I want to, no, I want to close with a question, John. Uh, we're getting close to the midterm elections. Uh, healthcare is a big issue, you know, I think for people. Um, how, if at all, are some of these changes in the, you know, Medicare premium, insulin, Inflation Reduction Act, as they relate to healthcare, are they going to affect the midterm elections? And if so, how? I think the only thing that's really going to move the needle with regard to healthcare is the Dobbs decision and the the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which has made, which has got some of these most these very very difficult cases of rape, incest, disabled children, and the and the the no exceptions abortion rules that are being set up in places like Arizona. I think the biggest healthcare lever in this particular midterm is going to be women's health issues. Honestly, I, I think that the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a material, capping insulin prices in a country where, you know, 30 to 40% of the people are, 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 are obese and, and diabetes is raging is absolutely critical. And it, and, and increased insulin costs affect poor people more than, and vulnerable people more than anything. But the one big healthcare issue, I believe, for the midterms is going to be, uh, women's health issues. I think the rest of this is, kind of complicated healthcare noise. I mean, what, what, what do you think, David? John, I think you'd be a great politician because you answered the question you wanted to answer as opposed to the one that I asked, but it was close enough to the one that I asked that she could get away with it. So uh, yes, I think that the, that the Roe v. Wade being overturned is the biggest healthcare issue for the election. Having said that, uh, even people who are apolitical, um, who, uh, you know, are going to be interested in what is, what is coming out of my social security check next year uh, for healthcare, and isn't it nice that it's going down as opposed to up? And so I think it will have uh, some complementary advantage that may accrue uh, to the party in power, which bitsy is- bitsy. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll see, John. Don't forget to cast your vote. In any case, that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk. We've been talking today about Medicare and the Part B premium decrease that people weren't expecting. 
I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the CEO of Care Centrics. And if you like what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe to your favorite service.